Welcome to Our Lord's Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit OLCC.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at OLCCOKC. Let's all read this together. This is Malachi 3, 1 through 4, a prophetic scripture, the foretelling of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, ready. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come into his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Have a seat. Malachi is Hebrew for my messenger. It's also a foretelling of John the Baptist coming to prepare our hearts for the way, for the coming of the Lord, for the Messiah to come. Malachi was written about mid-5th century B.C. Malachi is one of the minor prophets. And uh, those are the technical things. I just want you to, I want to put this in place. So for people reading this then, most likely through this prophetic scripture, they are anticipating the first coming of the Messiah, right? So they've known Adam and Eve, they've known Abraham, they've known uh, Joshua, they've known David, but there's still, there's still a Messiah coming to make all things right, not to just make things great, but to make things right. He's coming. And this, this puts hope in people. Some of us read this and it's scary. You could read this with worldly wisdom and say, this seems harsh. This seems kind of mean. This seems a little high maintenance, don't you think? But you could read this with the mind of Christ and with the wisdom of God and say, how compassionate for another chance. It fills my heart with gratitude that he'd come like a refiner, that, he, I'm, on, that I'm on his agenda, that I'm on his list, that he wants to come and he wants to sit, meaning he's patient and he's willing to take the time. He wants to come and sit like a refiner. 
Verse 1. Let's just cover what's going on here. Behold, I send a messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Right here, Malachi is foretelling in this passage the coming of John the Baptist. So the messenger speaking, preparing, and anticipating the next messenger to pass the baton to Jesus. Verse 2, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. And Jesus will come, and he will refine us, and he will purify us of our sin. Because he's good, and he's, he's, he's love. It's not that Jesus has love. It's not that God is loving. He is love. He's the source of love. Love comes from God. Love isn't some theme that is external from God. It is God is the source of love. He is love, and he is coming. And because of that, he is, because he is love, he is also holy. And to stand in his presence forever, you can't come in the way that you are right now. And he knows that. He still wants you. And so he's going to come like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. To get us into shape. To, be stand, to stand in the presence of the Almighty forever. Is that exciting? Man. Verse 3, he'll sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, purifying the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old. Some nuances here. Um, purifying the sons of Levi. We could go all into tribes of Israel and, and being grafted into Israel and, and look in lots of different places. And, but the, the point here is that we are God's covenant people. We are God's covenant people. We are his church. We are his bride waiting for the bridegroom. And he wants to refine us and renew our hearts so that we don't just offer up finances to the Lord. We don't just offer up sacrifices to the Lord. We don't just offer up our children to the Lord or our jobs. But through those things, may they be a vehicle and a vessel in which we are continually offering our heart back to the Lord. As the source of provision, the provider of love, Why? Why did Jesus come? I think it's important to review. Um, it's important to review the purpose of his coming in the season where we celebrate his coming, correct? Okay, so the intent of creation was to bring glory to God. 
the intention of creation, the big project in love was to bring worship forth and bring praise to God. And about 70% of you, that makes sense. And 30% of you, I can sense it, it's kind of like, I'm still hung up on why this guy, I get it, I'm here, I'm at our, I'm at our Lord's. But I'm still kind of just a little bit hung up on why this guy needs so much worship and needs so much praise. It seems like a little needy, doesn't it? To you, it does. But that's because everything, everything that you've known on the earth, everything that you've been in relationship with, everything that you've dipped your toes in that says it's good for you is fractured. And you've never known anything perfect, holy, and good except the Lord God Almighty. And he's the only thing that deserves worship, that deserves praise. That's it. And so if there's a problem in that, there's a problem in here. Right? So when I'm talking about preparing the way, that's something we go, bleh. Some of, we, some of us need to vomit that up. That's gross. I know. So is sin. But we got to go, get it out. We chose sin. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the world that's sad. There's a lot of injustice. There's a lot of darkness. And we chose it. Why do good things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Listen, I get it. It's sad. There's some sad things that will break your heart. That will hunch your wallet over to try to fix. That will put you in the prayer room for hours. There's some sad things. And we chose them. We picked it. So don't stand as a spirit-filled being and say, I just don't know. I just don't know about all that stuff. I don't know about his ways sometimes. That's okay. But don't let your less than 100-year-old mind interfere with the manifold wisdom of God that is timeless. Okay? That doesn't mean we can't wrestle with questions and, and deal with things. But listen, at the end of the day, you have a less than 100-year-old mind, and you're battling with eternal wisdom. Right? It's kind of like... Love bends himself. Love bends over, hunched over in love, and sends his son Jesus to give us a second chance. Because the wages of sin is death, right? So we chose sin. So the payout, oh, you sin? Okay, hold on. I got some stuff for you right here. Here's, uh, here's some uh, death bucks. You get some death bucks. The payout, the actual payout for sin is death. And that's in the ancient economics of creation. You know, when you read Narnia, it's part of the deep magic. It's part of the code. It's part of the law. 
And we don't get to be people with like, well, if I was God, I mean, I would have done it this way. Really? Who will stand the day of his coming? I'm getting nervous. Um, the Son of God offers up his life in love as the propitiation for your sin. And he takes all the death bucks for you. And he dies. And he's raised to life. And in his resurrection, we raise with him. Those who profess his lordship, that he is almighty, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, we are raised with him in glory and in love. It's the great second chance. That's why he came. And he's still coming. And he's coming again. That's the thing with, with, uh, with prophetic scripture like this. It's a telescope into the future. And will it come true? Yes. It has already. Is it coming true again? Yes, it's still coming true. Will it come true in the future again? Absolutely. So the first time it came true, he came. He refined us. So First uh, John 1, 40. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He came like a refiner's fire. And what a refiner's fire is, and now a lot of us are like, you kidding me? I refine silver with the back of my hand. That's not how you say that. I refine silver with my eyes closed. That's how you say that. Yeah. The back of my hand. Why do you say that? Edit that out of the podcast. Um, 1,600 degrees to 1,800 degrees, heating up precious metal. And it takes time and it takes heat. It takes a lot of heat. Any of y'all ever felt that heat? I have. It hurts. And it sifts stuff from the, to the top. This last year has been heat for a lot of us. And the trash, the impurities come to the top. And then the last step, the refiner skims the top. leaving precious metal behind. <laughs> I even got a picture from Google. Some of us are sitting in the heat and stuff's coming to the top. Are you letting him skim? Are you letting him go, let's get rid of that. He's sitting. Jesus came and refined, taking our, the wages of sin so that we don't have to. And at the same time, there's another way that this plays out, is that he is currently, like I'm talking about now, refining now. Uh, John 14, 16 through 17 says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. 
Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Jesus puts a work order in, right? He says, Father, send the helper. And when Jesus puts a work order in, it's got the red exclamation point from your Microsoft Outlook on it, you know? High priority. God checks his inbox. This is a terrible illustration. And, it's not, and I just want you to know, it's not in my notes, so it is in the flesh. Um, but but Jesus, God pays attention to it, and he sends, what does he do? He sends the helper. Boom, Pentecost. Now all of a sudden, from the first refinement, has made a way for the second refinement. So Jesus came to refine. He paid the penalty for our sin. Now, those who profess his lordship can be raised with Jesus in righteousness and are worthy for the infilling of the spirit of the living God. That's where we're at. That's where we are in this room. That's where we are in the story. And it's exciting. I like it. Do you like it? Some of y'all are half there. Listen, it's okay. Some of y'all are like burning. You're like, oh man, I love Jesus so much. And some of you want to be burning. And I'm talking to those two. The want to and the want to want to. The Holy Spirit, our great counselor, he refines us, constantly refining, auditing, revealing idols, revealing sin. We love to find alternate roads to create artificial hope, to create artificial peace, to create artificial uh, harmony with people. Habitual coping addiction, the Holy Spirit audits, refines, and skims off the top. All the impurities. And what that does is it sets our hearts on fire. And when we sing praise, when we give offerings, our hearts burn within us. And that smells like incense to the Lord. And he will draw near to that. He will land on that landing strip. He will come to that airport. Last one. He will refine again. He's not done. Second Timothy 4.1 I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. It is promised. He is coming again. He will come. 
just read this listen just read the just read the minor prophets in the old testament there is a yearning for the messiah there is a how, how long until the messiah comes there's a desperation and that desperation is is sitting in some of us today i can sense it i felt it in worship Jesus, come back now. Just come back now. The call to us is to throw off everything that hinders. To let him refine. To be prepared for the coming of the Lord. It's not in my notes, um, but in, uh, what is it, in Math uh, Revelation? No, Matthew, yeah, Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins. And five were foolish, and five were wise. And five brought extra canisters, flasks of oil with them. And they all went to go meet the bridegroom, but the bridegroom was late in his coming and his appearing. And they all fell asleep. And then someone said, the bridegroom is coming. And the ten rose up and trimmed their lamps and lit their lamps. And the five who were foolish said to the other five, give us some of your oil, give us some of your oil. And they said, if we give you the oil, we won't have enough to last. And so they went, the other five foolish ones bought oil, and the bridegroom came. Took the five. And then the other five came back. And it's like, wait, wait, did he already come? Get ready. He's coming. Put oil in your flask. Yearn for his appearing. Yeah. Let the worship team come back up real quick. He offers refinement because he loves you. He offers refinement because he loves me. He offers refinement because he loves us. And he offers us hope because he's coming again. And some of us need an infilling of hope. What candle are we on? I don't know. Uh, peace. He offers us peace. See, I tied it in <laughs> right there at the end. I grew up Baptist, so I have to like, duh, and then it fills in uh, the, the, there with the peace. Uh, just kidding. Kidding about that, not kidding about growing up Baptist. He's not going to come back to a bored bride. He's not going to come back to a bride blinded by provision, fat with food and plenty, obsessing over the provision and forgetting the provider and the creator. He's not going to come back for people swirled in anxiety. Luke 21 
And you start playing, it'd be great. You know? Luke 21, 34 and 36. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come unto all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. I know and you know that because of Jesus, that day doesn't have a fear attached to it, but it has a hunger attached to it. And there's a call this morning for a yearning for his return. He is going to come again. He is going to come again. He's going to come again. And it's not like a, it's not going to be like a, oh, I love this, this poetry about him coming again. No, he's coming again. And the sky will physically split open. And he will come riding on a horse with a sword coming out of his mouth, with fire in his eyes, and a tattoo on his leg. And the rider of the horse is called Faithful and True. And he's coming for you because he loves you. And he's offering right now refinement to be refined so that that day of the Lord is good. We love that day. Let's stand up.